He said, he said stuff you're not allowed to say in church. Said, you ain't allowed, you, it's a pot blessing. Can't say pot, look. So, <laughs> so I was laughing at him up here, you know, he was like, uh, I want to say happy birthday, Pastor Mike. Appreciate you. And uh, I'll tell you what I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with. People impress me. Uh, not many, but a few. Because not most are impressive. I mean, honestly, we live in very non-impressive times with very minimal impressive behavior. And uh, what, what is very impressive to me, Pastor Mike, is that you, you are faithful. You are faithful. I look around the room, and I see very few that remain. And people that remain, when you stay, and you stay faithful... When there was 25 people attending church here, a lot of people left. When it got, when faith got tough, when personalities left, a lot of people left with personalities. But you stayed. And and I just want to read this scripture because it's what reminds me of you. So let a man so account of us. Oh, need the full chapter. Oh, I'm, I lost it. Hold on. I'm not worried. Don't you worry. Mm. That's why you should you should use paper and not. So then, let us apostles be looked upon as ministering servants of Christ and stewards, trustees of the mysteries, the secret purposes of God. Moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful, proving himself worthy of trust. Mm. So I I just thank you for stewarding, for being such a good steward. And I say happy birthday. I love you. Thank you for your brotherhood, and thank you for your sacrifice. And, and I believe there's a reward to faithfulness and that you're going to reap it in the next 365 days in greater measure. Amen. Amen, Amen church. I... Uh, I want to say we're so close to accomplishing the goal of giving back to our congregation uh, $1 million. $1 million was our goal in 23 that we would intentionally attempt to sow back into our congregation. I can say that we're very, very close to that amount. And, And so I just, with humility... And a grateful heart say to every one of you at Church on the North Coast here in Wycliffe, 
Thank you for having the heart of Jesus to give, to sow, to bless, to be a blessing, to send Christmas presents to families who couldn't afford them, to help pay for car repairs and help people uh, buy their first homes and, and pay off debts that were, that were putting people in bondage. I can say that across Northeast Ohio, we at Church on the North Coast have been good stewards of every penny that God has placed in our lap and that we have been intentional about giving it back to our people in the community. And so I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart for hearing the Lord and being obedient to the call of God for this region. You are making a difference. I'll give you a story, right? I could give you, I can stand up here for an hour and give you, a, give you story after story as to how God has used your faithfulness to bless those in, in, in the community of, of faith. And it just, just, you know, whether it's hospital calls or whether it's uh, funerals and, you know, people, you know, anyhow. So, I, I went to a hospital call the other day um, to, a, to one of our faithful uh, families from the Lorraine campus, and, and it was, uh, I, I, I forget what day it was, but um, one of the uh, really long-standing members of our Lorraine campus had, went in for open-heart surgery. Some of you may know her. Her name is Janice Hitchens. She went in for open-heart surgery, and she never came out of... Um, she never came out of anesthesia. She slipped into a coma, and she's been in a coma now for, I think, two months, going on two months. And so doctors are losing hope. The family's growing weary. And, you know, you're beginning to see uh, hopelessness creep in. It creeps in after a while. And I just wanna, I, I want to, um, I want to speak to you today if you're in a, a fight, you know, a fight that's been going on for a long time. You can't seem to win. You gain a little traction. You, get, you take one step forward, and then you get knocked back like three or four. And, and then if that happens enough to you, you begin to lose hope, and, and you become discouraged. And today I just want to pour courage into you uh, with this story. And we went in, and I could see the discouragement on her husband's face every day, uh, he would go and sit there until they would make him leave at the end of the night. And his name's Sam, and Sam would sit there. And his son, Sam and Janice's son, is often found with my daughter and, and uh, her friends at, at our house. And, and you could see, you could just see it wearing on him as well. And the, he's, you know, becoming afraid that, you know, his mom may not come out of this, you know. And, and so we just went uh, to the hospital and said, look, we're going to pray the prayer of faith. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. Now I, wanna, I want you to hear me today as your pastor. You, you cannot stop praying the prayer of faith. I don't, you, you must take your eyes away from 
what it looks like, and you must set again your gaze upon what you know is the eternal foundation of resurrection power. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You and I, the the Bible says, the Bible says that the just shall live by we shall live by faith. We don't have the all, we don't have the option to live by by maybe or doubt or circumstances or what it looks like. We have the command to live our lives by faith. Well, yes, but pastor, she's in a coma. She can't hear you. She doesn't even know you're there. Listen, the Bible says the just shall live by faith and the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And if the righteous stop praying, then faith is, is impossible. But if as long as there's a righteous person praying a prayer of faith, there's hope. I just want you to hear that. There's hope as long as there's a righteous person standing up and declaring faith in Jesus. Jesus, there is hope. So it doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. You walk into that hospital, you walk into that room, you have the conversation, you declare faith. Yes, but it's dead. I don't care if it's dead or not. Jesus walked up to the tomb. He was dead four days and Jesus said, don't tell me. Just open, just roll away the stone. Lazarus, come out. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it is. You must pray the prayer of faith. So you just stand in faith all the way to the end because the end ain't our business. It's his business. Amen. You know that, elder. You know the end's not our business. That's his business. Now, if God decides he wants to take them home, that's up to God. But God didn't give me the option of whether or not I can tell you yeah or no. It is yes and amen according to the Lord. He said all of my promises are yes and amen. So you pray like there's a yes and there's an amen at the end of that prayer. And so we walked in there, and, and we prayed the prayer of faith. Nothing spectacular. I can tell, I, I can tell you I didn't expect, I didn't feel anything. I didn't, you know, it wasn't like a bolt of lightning. There was no fire shut up in my bones like Jeremiah talked about. It was about the most dry, simple prayer that I ever prayed. And I just said, and I heard the Lord say at the end of the prayer, he said, now, Now tell her, tell her to say Jesus. Now to that point, there was nothing. There was nothing. And he was talking about the name of Jesus. And he was getting, he was getting it, man. I saw you getting it. Yeah, you was getting fire, you know, walking on water and all that. Come on. I said, just under the unction of the Lord, I said, hey, Janice. Stop, and here, here, listen to me. Stop talking to stuff like it's dead. Stop, stop talking about your future like it's already in the grave, like it's already past tense. We have a tendency because of circumstance to look at things the way the world looks at it. And you start talking to it in past tense, like mom's already gone to heaven. And I said her name. I said, Janice, say the name Jesus. Man, when I said that, her eyes opened up. Her eyes opened up. And she said, there was, her lips were cracked and bleeding. Because she went, 
Yeah. Yeah, she said his name, man. And then she kept her eyes open and she was shaking her head and she was nodding. And I share that with you to say, man, that's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I thank you. I thank you for giving. I thank you for tithing. Tithing. It's a biblical principle. You know it in your spirit. It's a biblical principle found throughout the text. I thank you for tithing to this house so that the gospel can be preached. Amen? So that the gospel can be lived out, so that the gospel can be manifest, so that the gospel can be seen in a community of believers who actually live this stuff out. Is it perfect? No, man. It's not per- We're not perfect. We're going to get on each other's nerves. You're going to do something. I'm going to do something. I'll probably do something. I probably already did something. Make you upset. It's not perfect, but it's excellent. It's not perfect, but it's excellent. And it's a faith. And so I just say thank you. Thank you for tithing. Thank you for giving to this house. Thank you for making a difference. Lifting Hearts from hopelessness to hope for bringing a message of power and transformation to a, to a world that is desperately starving right now for, for any semblance of hope. And so let's receive the tithe and the offering today here at Church on the North Coast and let's bless the Lord as we receive it. As you, as you, uh, as you have it there in your hand, uh, I always say this, and, and uh, I'll continue to say it. Do not live your life by, by need. Do not live your life by need. Live your life by seed. The seed is the word of God. Attach, your, attach a word of the Lord to your gift this morning as you give it and as you sow it, I just believe that God is going to manifest in the earth what the earth cannot. It cannot. You see, the earth cannot bring forth joy. The earth cannot bring forth peace. The earth cannot bring forth uh, deliverance, you know. You, you could be set free today from the power of alcoholism in this house. The world can't do that. You can't counsel that out of you. But the, the, but the, the word of the Lord can, put, can bring liberty to captives today. So as you sow today, let's hold it up before God. I just declare in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, over every seed that's being sown right now, we refuse as the people of God to live according to our need. We are not desperate people. You've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. So we thank you that you are faithful even when we are faithless. God, we bless this seed as we sow it, and we command it to manifest to look like heaven. It goes in looking like a dollar, but it comes out looking like heaven. Heaven on earth. Thank you, God, for heaven on earth. Peace, joy, deliverance, favor, blessing. Thank you, God, for it today. Healing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Take your Bibles. Go with me to uh, 1 John 2. 
I didn't give that to them back there. That's just right. First John 2. I think it's in verse 20. I want to read it for you. First John's found back there at the, at the way back. First John 2. Way back. Just before the book of Revelation. First John 2. Let's start in... Uh, and let's start in verse 18. One day I'm just going to come to church and read the Bible as a sermon. You know what I mean? And then let y'all dis- discern whatever it is you want from it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just going up here and start reading scriptures. I'm like, oh, amen. Let's go home, you know. <laughs> uh, but it says, little children, it is the last hour. I want you to hear that. It is the last hour, church. It's the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. Man, if he said that back then on the island of Patmos, what's he saying now? Man, by which we know that it is the last hour. Verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. It really speaks to us about, before I move on, I just, you have, to, you have to hear me. The Bible talks about a great falling away in the last, in the last days, that, that there would be a great deception among the church, that there would be this massive deception it's found in, in Matthew 24 as well when he, when he starts talking about the tribulation. That there would be these, this deception that would come over the church in the last day. And that, and that because of that deception, that there would be this enormous falling away. And that if, if God's grace didn't step in, then even the very elect, swept away and so here John is telling us that well there have been some that have fallen away and that we're in the last hours and so and he's he's warning us he's saying he's saying to us like don't allow yourself to be poisoned so that you separate yourself from the bride or that you deceive yourself into believing that you can be a bride without the anointing. Because he goes on and he says in verse 20, he said, now now there are going to be some that fall away but there'll, be, but there'll be others that hold on. And those others that hold on, he says, but you who have held on, you have an anointing. And that anointing is from the Holy One. And because you have the anointing, Because you have it, look at what he says. Because you have the anointing, you know all things. 
Because you carry. Now, real quick, we're going to talk about the anointing. And it's, it's real easy to use that word in a setting like Sunday morning and then not really explain what that means. Now, in the Old Testament, what they would do when they would tell you that you were anointed for something, they would, they would take a horn of oil. And Samuel would go looking for David. And when he found him, he said, this is just an, an analogy, okay? I'm not saying you're not anointed, okay? I'm just... He would, he would look. He would look until he found, until oh, he found the anointed. And then he didn't do what we do, you know. He, oh, bless him, Lord. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Just give him a little, give him a little dab there on the head. That's not what Sam did, man. Sam took the whole horn of oil and poured it all over him. And it, well, it, it won't pour. It's got the little roller thing in. This, one, this one's made for a little dab, you know what I mean? Like, well, maybe we should do this in one of our services where we fill up a horn and we just start pouring it. Dad did that. Dr. Cater did that not long, well, it was a long time ago, about like 10, 12, 15 years ago. He would just pour it on you. And in the Old Testament, as he poured it on you, it would come, it would run all down you. This is what Psalms 133 described. We'll get to that in a minute. He would pour it all down on him, and he would say, "You, You are the Lord's anointing, and the anointing, the Spirit of God, is now on you. It's on you. Jesus, the Messiah, comes, the oily one, the anointed one. Read Isaiah. That's your homework. Read Isaiah. Jesus comes as the anointed one. John then describes. Then now, now what happens is Jesus now, through the work of the Holy Spirit, doesn't, doesn't rest on you, but lives in you. So now the anointing goes from being on you to residing in you. Hmm. <laughs> you, you, might not, you might not be able to tell, man. You might, so you might treat me some kind of way, but I just want you to know I have an anointing from the Holy One. You need to tell your boss, be careful, son. You can't see it on me. That's because it's in me now. It ain't on me no more. It's in me. And when you, when you go to pushing on me, this is what the prophet said, do not touch my prophet. Do him no harm. Touch not my anointed. You better be careful touching the anointed. You touch the anointed, now you're touching Jesus. You're touching Jesus now because he's not on me anymore. He's in me. I just want you to put that in your pocket so the next time when somebody starts treating you like you're not anointed, that you realize that Jesus ain't just on me. 
He don't come often on me. He lives in me. I have an anointing. His name is Jesus. He's a person. It's not oil. It's Jesus. The oil just represents who he is. We use it as, as symbolic of who his presence is. So now his presence doesn't come on you. It's not on you. His presence isn't on you. His presence is in you, man. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. And when his presence is in you, all things are possible then. You can be pressed. You can be struck. You can be cursed. You can... They can do whatever they want. But, there is the, but John said, everybody say, I, I have an anointing. His name is Jesus. I have Jesus. I don't have a vial of oil, y'all. I have Jesus inside of me. When you realize that Jesus now, uh, reside, the anointing that you possess ain't on you, but in you? You start walking like, what's his name? From, from he moving on up. George Jetson, you know what I mean? You start walking like, George Jefferson. You walk, you don't stop walking with your head down. It, there's some people you should not have in a room with you when you do stuff, and it's right here. It's right here. It's right here. It's right here. Because right right I probably would have never gave you the George Jefferson reference had it just not been here. So, you know, so I want you to see you have an anointing. And, and what I want you to see is you have a responsibility. The anointing represents not, not a vial of oil, not a touch on your head. Not a Sunday morning, Shatabah at the altar. The oil represents the presence of Jesus, right? The presence of Jesus. And he says, you have the presence of Jesus. And because you have the presence of Jesus, you know stuff. You have a wisdom. That's not common. You know all things. All things. Now take your Bible. Go with me to Matthew 25. So for those of you who heard this message before, um, I don't think I ever shared that part of it. <laughs> it, was in the, it was in the notes. Matthew 25, verse 6 says, and at midnight, what time was it? It's the darkest. At midnight. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go meet him. Are you ready to meet him? Go meet him. Then all those virgins arose and they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, 
the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Give us some of your oil, elders. Give us some of your oil. Give us some of your oil. There's two churches being represented here. There's two churches represented here. And like I said, notice the context of the story. We are, we are in the late hour. We're in the darkest hour of time. Hear me. We're in the darkest hour of time. And in that dark hour, there was a cry that was heard. And in the midst of the cry, behold, Jesus has come. And in the midst of that late hour, two brides will emerge in the, in the earth and they will come forth. And there will be a foolish bride and there will be a wise bride. And what, what determines whether you are foolish or wise is whether or not you have the anointing. And the foolish church will say to the wise church, I want you to, I want you to know today, you, you ain't got to tell nobody when you are anointed. When you carry the oil, the oil will do all the talking for you. When you carry the oil, they can say what they want. They can try to talk bad about you. They can run you down for 25 years if they want to. But I want you to know that the oil speaks for itself. And it is, it is identifiable on the believer's life. You either got it or you do not. You either have them or you don't. Don't. And it said that those that did not have Jesus, the presence, the oil represents the presence. Those who did not have the oil went to those who did and said, please give me some of your oil. Just dab your finger there again one more time. Just a little dab would do me. Just a little dab would get me in the door. And, 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 and she said, nah. <laughs> she snatched back and said, nah. Nah. Go. Now look at this. Go and buy some for yourself. Because you, cause you can buy it. It's for sale. Go get yours. G-I-T. There was a saying, <laughs> a saying in the 90s. You got to get yours, son. What you doing? I'm getting mine. And it's time. Listen, if you, if you don't have none, Go get some. You got to go get some. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get some. We got to go get some. You got to go buy it. You got to go get some. And while they went to go get some, now you got to hurry up. You better hurry. 
I'm glad you're here. There's, there's oil here today. And they said, while they went, the bridegroom, he came. Well, he came, he came, he came into the room. And then, and then those who were ready to go into the wedding went in with him. And the door was shut. The door was shut. And then those who went to buy some came back. He said, Lord, open open up to us. He said, assuredly, I say to you, I don't know you. I don't know you. He said, there's another scripture that says, the Bible says, he said, they'll say in that day, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we? Didn't we? Hodobo Shoto. Didn't we feed and clothe? And didn't we do all of those things in your, we did them in your name? And he'll say, I, yeah, you did them. But just because I used you, didn't mean I knew you. Man, Jesus is, Jesus is powerful. Just because he uses me does not mean I know him. He's just that amazing that he'll take, he'll take a rock and make it cry out if he has to. He'll take He'll take an agenda. He'll take an ambition and he'll make all things work for good. He'll make it work for him. Even if I don't know him. Which is terrifying for me. Scary to believe that God, you would manifest yourself. Even if I didn't know you. You would be in my song. But, but God, that's how I know if you're with me or not. But God, that's proof, right? Isn't it proof? No, Troy, that's not proof. Me in your sermon is not proof that you know me. The only proof that indicates that you know me if I know you. (laughs) It's intimacy. Troy, when last did you talk to me? When last did you ask me what I thought? When When last did you ask me to forgive? When last did you obey said this these are indications oh man wow that's disappointing so we can't be a bride I'll come back for part two I have to but we can't afford to be a bride 
that does not pay. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. He said to buy it. If you have oil today, what'd you pay for it? Tell me what you paid for it. The anointing on your life, Kristen, tell me what you paid for that. Y'all began to sing, and I said, ooh, that's oil. That's oil. And my question to you today is, the anointing you carry or don't carry is the indication of what you paid for. You see, what's, what's being exposed in the lateness of the hour here in the text and here in the earth is the values, the core values of the bride. The genuine, the authentic relationship she either does have or does not have with the bridegroom. And in the late hour, God is exposing. He said, he said, Be not deceived. I will not be mocked. Whatsoever you will reap. You, don't you believe for one moment that because man didn't see it, that I didn't see it? Don't you believe for one moment that you can steal what belongs to me and get away with it? That you can get up here and you can fake it till you make it? There is an anointing, he says, that you can carry, but it can't, it, it will not come with pretense. We are attempting, the scripture says, I hear the voice of Jacob, but I feel the hand of Esau. So Esau comes to his, uh, Jacob comes to his father in an attempt to deceive him, to steal the blessing from his father. He puts on, he, he kills a goat and puts the, the dude must have been a Bigfoot or something. He took, he took the fur from the, from the goat and put it on his hand, comes to his father, but cannot disguise his language. He cannot, he cannot deceive his father with his words. I mean, you cannot, you can hide some things, but there will be out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will eventually say some stuff that will expose who you really are. And so we try to, we try to use fake oil. There's three types of oil that you must possess in the late hour. The first type of oil, it, it, it has to be, it cannot be man-made oil. It can't be, it can't come from your intellect. It can't come from what you know. It, it has to come from the Lord. And anytime you try to make something, fabricate something, that's why, that's why they told Aaron's priesthood, make sure you make this oil according to the prescription that I gave to you. Don't add nothing to it. Don't take nothing away from it. Make the oil exactly like I'm telling you to make it because there can't be any of you in it. Right. Yeah. So it can't be this synthetic oil. 
You put synthetic oil in. You know what synthetic oil is? You, it's man-made. It's concocted in a, in a, in a laboratory somewhere. And we try to, we try to fabricate and concoct, you know, uh, 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 an algorithm that will give us the, the anointing of God, the favor of God, the, the blessing of God. But it can't be fabricated. You can't manipulate it. You can't shortcut it. It doesn't come by any other way other than presence. So, you, so we must repent of fake oil. This fake oil. Listen, you can't, you can't afford to fake it. You can't. You fake it. You can't fake it. You're not going to be able to get there on the day and say, well, I have oil. Here, look at that. That, that's, that, was made, that was made in the mind of man. That doesn't come from my presence. You cannot. We cannot. Receive the anointing of God without the presence of God. Fake oil. There was a couple of times in the Old and New Testament where they tried to, they tried to fake it. They tried to fake it. And... I'm just waiting. They tried to fake it. Ananias and Sapphira came. And they came in. And and the first one went in and told the lie. They They tried to fake it. They told the lie, fell over dead. Second one come in, tried to fake it, tried to lie. Peter stood up and said, you didn't lie to man. You try to deceive God, and because of it, you can't live. Spiritual death will come any time we attempt to fabricate the presence, when we, when we take the form, when we dress up like, but we lack the, the integrity of his presence. He knows, and the demons know too. There was a time when they were preaching. And they saw Paul casting demons out. So a bunch of them got together and said they saw some demons. And we, we should start calling stuff demons rather than identity crises. But they should just be called demons. And Paul saw some demons and he cast them out. And then some, some other boys saw Paul doing it. And they said, by the Jesus that Paul preaches, in the name of that Jesus, I cast you out. And the demons looked at him and said, Oh, you, uh, son, you ain't got it like that. You ain't Paul. You don't know Jesus. You don't know him like that. And, and, and you know what? Because you came in here flexing like that, trying to push us around, here's what we're going to do to you. So you can't risk faking it. You must possess the authentic and genuine Harley Davidson oil, baby. I don't put nothing in my Harley Davidson that don't come from Harley Davidson. You won't catch me putting nothing in there other than 
Manufacturers required. This is what they said goes in there. I know some guys, they mess around, put some Pennzoil in there, put some other stuff in there, put some Wesson, some Crisco, put some, but not me, man. That hardly costs too much money, son. I got to put in there what is required for that engine to operate according to manufacturer's specs. You have been created in such a way that for you to operate properly in the earth without your mind being polluted, without your anointing being messed with, you have an oil that you must possess in your life that if you don't have that oil, you will not run right. You will be frustrated, irritated, offended, bitter, jealous. You'll be all kind of sideways in your life unless you have the oil of Jesus' presence in your life. It must be the real deal Jesus. So if you ain't got nothing to say, if you came in and you you say, man, I really don't have the anointing today, be quiet. (laughs) You, I, I won't play. I won't play. I will sit here until the presence shows up. I done learned. I don't want to come up here until he's in here. That's too much. That's too much came in on us today. The last thing we could afford, the Browns need us to have the anointing of Jesus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't. So, so Pastor Marlon went to get up. He had that mic. I said, man, let them sing a little longer, man. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a, I was a little empty when I came in. I need a little more to come on. Let them sing some more. That's the beauty of the church, too, you know. Think about that, you know. Where do, I get the, where do I get the oil? From church, baby. That's why you need to be here. It comes because it says when we touch and agree. Come on, grab me. Come on, grab me. When we touch and agree, the, the, the intimacy that you had with Jesus and the intimacy I had with Jesus and the intimacy you had with Jesus now is multiplied and it comes into the room and it's available for everybody. <laughs> so look, man, I need you to come to church loaded with oil. I can't have you coming in here. Oh, man, we're mully grubbing around, you know. No, man, I need you to read the Bible every day. I need you praying in the Holy Ghost. I need you full of the oil. Because there's some stuff I'm wrestling with that one can't put to flight, but two or three might put a few of them to flight. So I need your oil to be full to the top, baby. I need you to carry something with you when you come through the door. Now, all of us can't carry it like that. I get it. There'll be some days when my cup ain't runneth over. There'll be some when I come in my cup halfway full. That's okay. Get to the altar. Man, I need you to be anointed. I need you to carry the real oil. I need you to know what Jesus had for breakfast yesterday, this morning. I need you to know him, church. Come on, the person to the right or left. I, my kids need me to know him. They don't need some fake or some snake oil, some televangelist preacher oil. They need to look at their father and say, 
Look at man. He is the same cat. There or there or there. You put him in the dark, he's going to be there. You put him in the light, he's going to be there. You put him on top, he's going to say the same thing. You put him in a room full of pressure, I'm going to give you Jesus because that's all I got. That's all I got. So fake oil, you can't. Don't get no, don't, you don't want no fake Jesus. We can't use no fake Jesus. And you can't use no cheap Jesus neither. Cheap oil. You know, I used to run around in this Suzuki Samurai back in the day. Big wheels, a lot of music, a lot of chrome too, man. No oil. <laughs> and when the engine light would come on, I'm like, I guess I better check the oil. And I, I had to, you know, it was all broke, man. I lifted up and I checked the oil. I said, oh, we're low on oil. And then I'd drive, drive over to the to the Walmart or something, you know, and, uh, and you start looking for quarts of oil. You say, it's $17.99. No. $15.99, 10 $8.99, $4.99, $3.99, buy one, get one. Yes, that's the one right there. And you look, you look for the cheapest oil you could find, and you put in it in that engine because you valued the chrome more than you did the engine. You, 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 you care what it looked like on the outside. We live in society that cares more about what it looks like on the outside than it does on the inside. But Jesus, listen here, man, but Jesus said what you do in secret will be exposed in public. Is that ain't nothing you're going to deal with. You ain't going to get away with none of it. So you might as well, you might as well clean the inside of the cup before you worry about the outside of the cup. You might as well make Make sure there's oil in there rather than pretending like there is oil in there. It's not cheap. And I want you to know, you can go to heaven. But if you want his presence, it will cost you everything. It's not cheap. And what you were willing to pay for it tells me the power you possess. I told my worship team not long ago, the anointing you possess, would you pay for it? Would you pay for it? Meaning, what were you willing to sacrifice that his presence would come before it? TV? Gossip? Social media? Pride? Ego? What, what are you willing to pay for it? You see, in a believer's life, what you're willing to surrender for his presence will always tell me how much of his presence you possess. There's some people I'll call right away when I got something going on. And I say, no, I know that you don't care nothing about money. You don't care about what people think. You don't care. You're not looking for thumbs. You're not looking for hearts. You're not looking for affirmation. Just all you care about is his presence. So pray for me because you have the oil. What are you going? What are you willing to pay for it? And I pray that the conviction of the spirit grips your heart now. Because you realize 
His presence is all that matters. And the last, last bit of oil I want to talk about. So you don't want no cheap Jesus either. You can't, you, you can't do nothing with cheap Jesus. Can't do nothing with cheap. Cheap Jesus ain't going to move hard hearts. It ain't going to, you know, it, it ain't going to take the demons off. Cheap Jesus is not going to accomplish anything. Fake Jesus will get you beat up. Don't mess with fake Jesus. You don't. And then there's this last one. I just want to talk to you about real fast as I close. It's polluted oil. Contaminated oil. Contaminated. If you get something in your oil, this, the Bible says that the, the oil, the ointment, it was contaminated by the fly and it putrefied and stunk. <laughs> That's pretty, it's like, so if we allow anything other than Jesus to go inside, you can't, you can't take a little bit of the lie and a lot of Jesus and put it in you and think that your anointing won't be contaminated. You can't mix stuff with your Psalm 133. Here's, here's the one thing I know we have to deal with as a church. Psalms 133. How good and pleasant it is, right? When the church dwells together in talk to me unity it's like what it's like the precious oil that comes down on the priest the church runs down his beard goes down to his hem and when God said when I see the oil I then will command the blessing forevermore now if I was the devil the last thing, if I knew, mm, if I knew that our agreement together meant oil would be released, and when God, when the Father sees the oil, when he sees the oil, he said, oh, I have to command blessing wherever Jesus is. Wherever Jesus is, there must come a commanded, a commanded blessing. It's not just a blessing, it's, it's the command of of all of eternity in the authority of Jesus that comes where he sees the oil where the oil is the father sees the oil and says right away command the blessing not for a little bit but forever more so if I'm the devil then the, then you know what I'm going to do I'm going to make you carry contempt for one another I'm going to make the church of the living God the, the, understand the church of the living God is the only source of oil for the earth it's the church they can't get it nowhere else you can't get his presence no place else the church is the reservoir on earth of the anointing of God the presence of God it's the abiding tabernacle it's the house of the Lord
It's the place where the anointing destroys yokes. Pow! Bang! Breaks them. Addiction. Pow! Broke. Why? Anointing. Presence of Jesus in a room. How does it come? Unity. Unity. Unity of faith will break, will bring the oil. Bang! And wherever the oil is, the, the Father of Heaven says, look at, look at, look at there. There is my son Jesus. Go and command the blessing. Jesus can't step on ground and it be cursed. Wherever the presence of Jesus is, disease cannot live, lack cannot stay, stripe cannot remain, offense cannot be, wherever the presence of Jesus is. But we have the audacity. Oh, we have the audacity to step up here behind the holy pulpit and behind the holy microphone and sing songs and preach sermons and pray prayers when in our hearts we hate and disdain one another. Jesus said these words. He said, if you can't love your brother whom you can see, you are lying through your teeth telling me that you love me. If you can't forgive the one that's in front of you, then I can't forgive you. I can't forgive you. Therefore, I can't pour out my blessing. So if I'm the devil, I make families fight, hate one another. I, so I would so cord the discord in that family and make them be so contentious that they ruin the atmosphere with their contempt and hatred for one another. I'd, I'd cause church splits all across America. So you have to forgive Look at me. If you want the anointing, if you want the anointing on your life, you must forgive. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me, preach. Look at me. You don't forgive them for them. You forgive them because you can't be alive out here running these streets without the anointing. I forgive you because I value the presence of Jesus. Oh, I want to be anointed more than I want to be right. Here's how you know if, you're, if you value the anointing or not. When was the last time you repented and said you were sorry? Can you remember the last time you said, I'm? Sorry. Because I know plenty of folks who just refuse to repent. Imagine with me if you could a Sunday morning life group gathering men's group gathering when we come in together we repent of any icky heart you know I remember what you said 
you go. Imagine if we all came in, all of us, we came in with forgiveness in our hearts. And I know it's hard. Look, I know it's hard to forgive because you're not Jesus. You still remember stuff. You, you remember, right? Like, I, but you don't have to forget it. You just have to forgive it. And when you're reminded of it again, you ask for forgiveness again from the Lord. You just keep repenting of it and you keep repenting of it. As long as you have a spirit of repentance in your life, your oil will remain pure, unpolluted, uncontaminated by unforgiveness. And the process is not easy. It's going to look a lot like, God, please help me to forgive them. God sees that faith. He'll reward that little bit of faith there. He'll move the mountain of hatred out of your heart. And he'll say, now you can bless them the next time you pray. But it's a process that begins with, God, help me to forgive them. God, I forgive them. God, I bless them now. Not only do I forgive them, but I now bless them in the name of the Lord. You see, it's a process, but you must, by faith, start the process because the anointing of God, the measure of the anointing of God depends on the measure of Christ that you possess. If you're full and you're full and you're full and you're full, you come in, but if there just be one of us, look at me, if there just be one of us who come in haughty, proud, angry, divided, bitter, the one among us will spoil the anointing. I'm, I'm not here to tell Jesus what he can do. He, he still does stuff because he's amazing, right? But I know that the anointing, I know that the anointing could be more powerful if we could just get us all to forgive. And isn't that what we all need? I mean, I got some friends who are sick that need healed. So I need my prayers to be oily, baby. I need my prayers to be saturated in the presence of Jesus. I need the collective prayers of the saints to avail much. I cannot risk the anointing being sacrificed because what? Because you didn't get to sing the song you wanted or the preacher didn't do that or your sister or your brother did that to you or maybe they called you out your name or something. And there have been people calling me out my name for 25 years. I don't care. I don't care. I bless you. You'll call me straight to my face. You can say it straight to my face. I love you. I don't really like you that much. I love you. <laughs> Bible didn't say I had to like you. But I love you. I forgive you. And I bless you. Why? Because his presence is too important to me. It's too important to me. I got, you know, like... We got cities to, 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 we got captives to set free. We got cities to raise up. We got nations to set free. We got, we got powers and principalities to strike down. We cannot afford to walk in here and have even a little bit of the power of God not available to us. So let's, let's pray. Come on, stand your feet. Let's, let's, let's close. Let's, let's pray. It's, it's real, real simple. 
three things I just want you to pray with me today. And I, I'll pray them and you can just agree with them in your head as we, as we close. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just pray this prayer together. Like I said, I'll pray it out loud. You just pray it right there silently between you and the Lord. But Lord, give me a spirit and a heart that is broken by sin rather than proud. Lord, make my oil costly so when it is broken in a room like Mary's alabaster box, it brings the presence of Christ near to those who need it. Lord, help me to forgive. Help me, Lord, to forgive those who said it, who did it, who betrayed me, who abused me, who lied about me. Help me, God, to forgive them. Make my oil pure. Without contamination, make my oil sweet to the smell and potent to the touch. Lastly, Lord, I desire an authentic relationship. Not, not one just in appearance, not just the form of Jesus, but I want the substance of your presence to be evident in my life. Holy Spirit, bring such conviction to me whenever I neglect the presence of Christ. Holy Spirit, bring conviction to my life right now so I will make Jesus the highest priority of my life before my children, before my spouse, before my work, before my selfish agenda and my passions. Make Jesus, Holy Spirit, the one desire of my heart. Make my oil genuine so that when it touches anything infirmed anything sick any malady the oil breaks the yoke lifts the burden the oil heals the wound thank you for your presence I renounce cheap Jesus theology I renounce fake Jesus theology. I renounce contaminated Jesus theology. Jesus plus anything. Jesus, you are exclusive. There is nothing else I want to reign in my heart other than your presence. You're here today, watching online. You've never given your heart to Christ. Pray this prayer with me. I pray, before I pray this prayer, I pray... rebuke the enemy over your life right now. I cast 
every demon out of you right now. Every demon of perversion, deception, manipulation, or sorcery. I declare for whom the sun sets free, by the power of Jesus, you are set free once and for all. You do not have to look over your shoulder. You do not have the desire of that any longer. No longer will you even wake up and want it. The desire will be gone. You're here today. You want Christ. You need to make him the Lord of your life. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Make me brand new. I surrender my life to you fully. Take this life. I surrender to you. Change this world. All for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you as you go. Ah, it's 1216. <laughs>